listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And I have no energy right now to discuss <laughs> any of this. Our last program was about being self-controlled or self-absorbed, and you know what? <laughs> I like to make it about me, and I just, I don't have it. You need to pray for us. Yeah, don't we all have that mindset? Lord, we do thank you so much that you have pointed it out to us, that being self-absorbed or selfish, if we want to use the more common term, is just bad for us. And the worst thing you can do to us is to allow us to go and have what we want, because our minds are too often not even close to being in the same realm with you. I pray for this time for good thinking for all of us and good communication in your precious name. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. And I know it was a prayer and you should never critique a prayer, but selfish, you had to go there. I prefer (laughs) self-absorbed. No, I actually love to talk about self-absorbed compared to selfish because selfish just, it's it's so interesting. I've seen this in my own life. And when I talk to other folks, it's it's like, yeah, I've heard that term before. But most people, when you talk about self-absorbed or flashing me, it has a little bit different mindset and it has a tendency to get into their ears a little bit more than selfish. Yeah, so I, I, again, I like that term and I like uh, self-controlled on the opposite side. Sure do. So where we were last week was talking about this idea of how can I know if it's okay to be thinking about me or if it's not okay to be thinking about me. Or right? when is it okay? Or when is it okay? That's exactly right. So we, we talked about that and we provided some uh, hopeful clarity on how you can be thinking about that. And here's the statement that we ask you to consider, maybe even write it down. When my thoughts, actions, and feelings about me do not interfere with obeying God and do not interfere with pursuing the best for others, then my thoughts about me are okay and acceptable to God. If we go to Matthew 22, 37 or Luke 1027 or Mark 1230, we can see what Jesus said are the two greatest commands, right? What are those? Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself, right? So if those are the two greatest commands, that is our great litmus test, or that is a great foundation for us to determine, okay, if those are the two greatest things that I need to be focusing on and paying attention to, then more than likely the answer for when it's okay to think about me could be solved by those two things. That's, that's, that's what you can be considering here. Okay, so if my mind is thinking about me, but it's thinking about me in a way that promotes and glorifies God, meaning I'm thinking about sin in my life. I want that gone. Well, I'm, that's okay to be thinking about me from that viewpoint because it's a matter of obeying God to confess the sin, right? So if my thoughts would interfere with that, then I'm not thinking about me in the right way. Okay, so let me try it this way. It's okay to think about me when to do so is in my best interest from God's perspective. Good. That's that's a great way to say it. That's exactly right. Because I do a lot of things that I think are in my best interest, and they're not. Right. It's just me being selfish and self-serving. But if I amped that up and said, who's my who said so? When I try to do this great commandment, 
Mm-hmm. I make sacrifices like somehow it's spiritual currency. Right. I make these sacrifices and I'm going to get this in return. And right. that's just not so. That isn't the way it works. That's right. In fact, I love a statement that is, uh, I, I can't quote it, but uh, Oswald Chambers has stated it somewhat like this, that we will not understand God's word by reasoning through it. We will not understand it by going to it and trying to dissect it because of our mindset of the ability to have the smarts to dissect his word. Well, wait a minute. Deuteronomy tells me I'm to meditate on these things all the time from the moment I get up until... Exactly. But notice where Oswald Chambers says further, you get the understanding of God's word by simply obeying it. Now, just think about that. If I simply obey it and then I meditate on it, then I'm going to have the ability to understand it. Yes, there is no doubt that we can think through things, but if you're not obeying it, you're doing the very thing that you just got through saying. I am paying attention to trying to reason as opposed to just obeying. That's the concept of sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. If I am simply obeying his word, doing what he asked me to do, I will start understanding because he's going to enlighten me as to why that is really the best for me. I can read it all day long, and it's not going to make as much sense to me if I don't just go do it. The Lord says, Herman, love your wife as I love you. Just go do it. Just go do it. Herman, forgiveness. I want you to forgive because it's something I just want you to do. You don't need to understand it. Just go do it. And then as you do it, you'll see the freedom that it gives you. That's that's how I really believe it does make sense for us to look at God's word. Is it oversimplified for me to say this whole obedience thing, right? Just go do it is because I have that fundamental choice, trust God or trust something else. Absolutely. So if I'm trusting something else, it's actually Satan getting in my ear going, did God really say? Amen. That's exactly right. And what when you go to his word and decide, I'm just going to obey this, just expect that mindset that Satan's going to bring to your attention. Oh, it doesn't really, you know, God didn't really mean it that way. You don't have to go do that. So uh, sorry, we kind of ran off on a, on a tangent here. Let's take us back to the idea of when is it right for us to think about ourselves and when is it not? Thank you. You're reading my mind. <laughs> Again, when my thoughts about me don't interfere with glorifying God or obeying God. And when my thoughts don't interfere with pursuing the best for others, when I'm thinking about me and it doesn't interfere with glorifying God and doesn't interfere with pursuing the best for others, then it's okay to be thinking about me. That's that's the simple way that I try to think about it. Okay. And so I'm immediately going, great. So a victimless crime is not a sin, right? Because <laughs> No, it has nothing to do with it. No, the whole idea is when I am selfish, self-absorbed, self-sufficient, most often I will be doing things that will interfere with me obeying the Lord, will interfere with me glorifying the Lord, will interfere with me thinking the best for others. Uh, that's, that's the simple way that you can think about this. Is that's, the reason, that's why we teach what we do about the problem and the solution. The problem is your, me is flashing. The solution is to go pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. But there are times that I do need to reflect and look at my life and go, Lord, am I, am I doing what's right here? 
Am I, am I paying attention to the right things? That's a good way to be thinking because you're, you're wanting your thoughts to align with God. That's what you're wanting to do in those type of times. So you stated it fairly nicely when I am pursuing something and it really is in my best interest but I, you got to go beyond that. It is in my best interest. Why? Because it aligns with God. I can get all sorts of rationalizations that doing something that sin is in my best interest, but it has to have that additional component. It's in my best interest because God said so. That's how you want to be thinking about that. Okay, now you're making me think of something that my wife showed me the other day. One of her friends had shared this thing with her on Facebook. And it started out with, well done, my good and faithful. Mm -hmm. And then it had about 13 things. So it said, my good and faithful pastor, my Mm -hmm. good and faithful missionary. And they were all X'd out. And so it's getting my attention. I'm going down through the list and it said, my good and faithful president, my good and faithful attorney, my good and faithful teacher, my Mm -hmm. good and faithful accountant. And all these things were X'd out and you get to the bottom and it's servant. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Well done, my good and faithful servant, and how I tend to replace that with these other things. That's right. We simply are to be available to the Lord for him to use us where he has us at this point in time. That's the concept of a servant. Wow. Learn, apply, serve. Mm-hmm. Okay, greatrelationships.com is the website. That is grnumulatrelationships.com. There, there's a radio tab. You can listen to this again. You can also find the video material and sign up for a newsletter. We'll be back right after this. Great definitions for great relationship. God's complementary designs. Men and women are created equal in value, but different in design and role. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God that you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace, Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! We're back. You're listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. I still don't have any energy. In fact, it's a little more confusing because we're discussing, you know, self-absorbed or self-controlled, that life is black and white. And I want to do this. When I started studying the material, by the way, shameless plug, greatrelationships.com, grnlarelationships.com, radio programs, video material, study guide, more than you ever imagined, sign up for free newsletter. 
at all. Okay, so here's the deal. Our definition of love, mm-hmm. pursuing another's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, unconditionally. Right. And when I teach this, and I did it when I was learning it, I started from the right and worked left, just like Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Right? So I started asking myself, am I doing these things unconditionally? You started with the toughest one, didn't you? <laughs> and it was just beating myself up yeah. one term after another. And when I got to the point, you know, was I doing it patiently? Was I doing it mm-hmm. kindly, unconditionally, sacrificially, yeah. right? So now you get me to this question, am I making it about me? When is it okay to think about me? And and here's why I'm asking, right? You said, Paul, it's okay when my thoughts and actions and my feelings don't interfere with what God's asking or that I am pursuing the best for others. Or don't interfere with the pursuing the best for others. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Most things in my life. Mm Mm-hmm aren't defined by God's word. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. And, and that's the that's the additional statement. If you walk through that, it's okay to be thinking about yourself if it doesn't interfere with obeying God or pursuing the best for others. That's going to prove that you are aligning yourself with God's word. If my thoughts about me are aligned with God's word, that means that I can go to God's word and see it in there that that's okay to be doing that, okay? But here's the problem. God doesn't tell me everything about my life, whether to wear the long sleeve shirt or the uh, short sleeve shirt, right? Or my Argyle socks or my ones with the Holland logo. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't tell us all those things. So how is it, Herman, that you could say that you can know for sure whether you're self-controlled or self-absorbed? I can know that I'm at least in the right direction of self-controlled, that my thoughts aren't interfering with obeying God, and they're not interfering with pursuing the best for others. Okay, I can know that I'm probably self-controlled. Once I get that in my mind, I have to wrestle with this second thing, which is, that's the reason why we titled this, Life is Actually Black and White. You can know whether you are right or wrong wearing the long sleeve versus the short sleeve shirt. You can know whether wearing solid color socks or argyle socks are okay. (laughs) You can know that. You can know whether the difficulties that a lot of believers have struggled with and wrestled with, you know, am I supposed to uh, dance? Am I supposed to drink? Am I supposed to smoke? Am I supposed to, you know, do those type of things? Is that right or is that wrong? Well, the Lord has actually answered all those things, even those things that people have wrestled with. We don't realize that he's answered all these things. You can know this. That should give some people, well, wait a second. Okay, now you're helping me out because I was wondering, why are we even talking about this? Well, we're talking about this, again, just to remind you, because we need to know whether our thoughts about me are self-controlled or self-absorbed. Well, we can know very easily that I'm either doing what God asked me to do in his word because I can go read the Ten Commandments. I can go read the, the variety of things that Paul has asked me to do as a husband or as a woman, what she needs to be doing as a wife or a, just a friend. I can go read all those things. But what about those really unsure things that a lot of people call the law of liberty, that so-called gray area? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you that it doesn't exist. That's what I believe. There, right. There, there is no gray area. There is no gray area because Paul has actually given us a great way to think about this. First, let's just remind ourselves that God says there are two options. 
Romans 6.13 says you're going to either present yourself to righteousness or unrighteousness. So that must mean if those are my only two options, I'm going to either present myself to righteousness or unrighteousness, that everything that I do is either going to be black and white in some form. It, it comes down to be that, that clear. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize that Paul even carried it further. Here's the basic principle. If you go to Romans chapter 14, let me uh, just read verses 19 through 23. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is neither good to eat meat or drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. So how do we turn everything that we do into life is black and white? It's very, very interesting to look at what Paul said. What did he say first? He said in verse 21, it is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor to do anything by which your brother stumbles or offended or is offended or is or is uh, made weak. What does that say? The first first criteria. Don't be a stumbling block. Don't be a stumbling block. So here's what's so interesting about that. We don't we don't sit down and think about how our actions are actually influencing other people sometimes or impacting other people. We do know that happens, but we don't think about it enough. So I'm getting ready to do something that uh, uh, I'm totally at, uh, I totally have faith that it's okay and I'm not, my conscience didn't bother me about it, but it bothers you. I need to be very much in the frame of saying, I'm not gonna do that. Now notice where, where, what Paul said further. 22, do you have faith? What does he mean there? He means, do you have faith that it's okay to be doing that? Or are you uncertain in your mind that it's okay? Do you have faith if it's okay? Well, here's what he says. Notice, have it to yourself before God. So what does that mean? I don't like that. (laughs) It basically is saying you can do it in your own privacy before God if you have faith that it's okay. That's, that's acceptable. But don't go do it in front of some person that doesn't think it's okay. That's, that's the essence of what he's saying here. So the first criteria, I look at whether I'm going to wear, wear black, black socks or argyle socks. Okay, I know that argyle socks, you know, are, are really brought up in a, in a bad mindset for you, and it's, it's really created all sorts of problems for you in the past whenever you've seen argyle socks. Well... I'd be foolish to wear those, right? That's sin at that point in time. That's something that's small is basically God saying, don't go do that. Don't do that. You're, you're creating a problem for your brother. Don't do that. So that'd be the first criteria. And of course, that'll bring up a lot of other things that some people could say at, at this point in time. But we'll just leave it at that. So that's the first criteria. And notice the second criteria. The second criteria is just as straightforward. But he who, verse 23, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats. What's the second criteria then? 
Second criteria is simply, do you believe without a doubt that your conscience is okay to do this? Are you okay with doing this? Or do you have a tinge in your conscience that I really shouldn't be doing this? Then if you have that tinge in your conscience, you shouldn't be doing it. It turns into sin. That's exactly what we're seeing here in verse 23. It says, for whatever is not from faith is sin. If you have a conscience that's saying, Herman, you, uh, Herman, you really ought not be doing that, then if you go do it, it's sin. Any of those things that God has not specifically listed, I can know it's sin if I have any type of reservation in my conscience about it. So you have two critical criteria to turn things black and white, cause the brother to stumble, don't do it. If you don't have a clean conscience about it, don't do it. Very simple. So that takes everything and turns it black and white. Wow. Thank you. I am going to have to listen to this again, and I can do that by going to greatrelationships.com. That's GR numeral eight relationships.com. You know, you sent out in one of the little emails that you put out a quote from Joe Stowell. It says, have you stunned the world by your loving the unlovable, forgiving a deep offense or serving others instead of yourself? Say out your amen back after this. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. back great relationships that's gr numeral eight relationships.com is the website but more importantly god's word that's the authority Mm -hmm. herman before the break we were discussing romans 14 verses 19 through 23 yeah okay what if my conscience is telling me it's okay i'm not thinking about it (laughs) if your if your conscience is telling you it's okay we have two options. You, I'm you, sorry. Let me say that better. I feel it's okay. Yeah, it's a very different word, right? I feel it's okay is a very different word than it is because the idea here is I can have a seared conscience and feel okay about some things, right? Yes. Be very careful about that. The Lord is certainly saying this is a faith issue, meaning 
I have faith that this is acceptable. Now, a lot of people will only listen to this part of black and white. Well, if it's not causing a brother to stumble or if I have faith that it's okay, they start trying to assign it to the things that the Lord has said is specifically wrong. That's going to be wrong. So I feel it's totally okay to steal. My conscience is totally okay with that. That goes directly against God's word, what he's specifically outlined that we're not to do. So that truly is a feeling that you're ignoring what God is asking you to do as far as obey. Well, you're going to make the case because on more than one occasion you say feelings are primarily responders and often untrustworthy. So if I come out with a statement that is clearly incorrect, I am responding to something, and that would be the better question, no? That would be the better question, and it would imply that you have some bad thinking whatever is happening with your feelings here's a very clear little sidetrack to keep us uh, focused on these things whatever's happening in your feelings is a response or a, a reaction to something external but most often to what you're thinking that's how we need to consider this so that takes us right into the the Romans chapter 14 we need to be very careful as we look at our actions on a regular basis am I obeying what God says that I am to do and what I am not to do I need to be in his word enough to know what is right and what is wrong from what he has clearly stated then there's this area that really for the most part God is saying I don't care it's okay it doesn't fit into the concept of righteous or unrighteous as far as he's concerned but it will make a difference if it does fit into causing a brother to stumble or if you're doing it with an unclear conscience then you have a real problem if you don't have faith that it's okay so again I just want to lay all that out to say you can know that your actions are either self-controlled or self-absorbed. You can know that. You don't have to sit around and go, well, is this all right? Go back and listen to what we just got through saying. Life is black and white through those two items, not causing a brother to stumble, or you have faith about it. And then take it up the one notch, which is my thoughts about me are not interfering with me obeying God or not interfering with pursuing the best for others. If I just apply all those criteria, Pretty simple, actually, if you just break it down. You can know if you're living a life that's self-controlled or self-absorbed. It's that simple. And why are we talking about this? Because Jesus is for real and all that that implies and what he has done for us. So what one thing would you have me take away? I would, there's, there's actually two things. <laughs> you know, try not to confuse you too much. Too much of the time, we do the concept of uh, not paying attention, just obeying the Lord, just like we were talking about before. We don't just simply do what he asks us to do. So that'd be the one thing I'd say. Just do what he asks you to do. That's the concept of Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 10, talking about forgiveness. It's not a matter of faith to continue to forgive somebody who offends you or is committing an offense against you. It's a matter of just doing what he asks you to do. That's really a critical one thing to consider. Am I obeying the Lord? That is absolutely essential. And then secondly, what I'd say is, please, please, please watch out for the things that you are doing. Are you doing them out of faith or are you doing them just because you think it's okay? Are you doing this because you don't, you have a true clear conscience or are you fighting against your conscience about doing it? It's just a matter of listening to the still small voice of the Lord as, as you do things and, and go, 
oh, wow, that doesn't fit with what you want me to be doing, is it? Well, I'm asking because in my self-denial, I've compartmentalized my day. Yeah. So I know that God's asking me to do what I'm supposed to do when it comes to church and my neighbors, but maybe not in my private life or with family. Yeah, we have a tendency to do just that, and that's what will hurt us. Satan wants you to compartmentalize your life. Satan wants you to think, no, I have a work life, I have a home life, I have a school life, I have a vacation life. No, no you, you have a life. You have a variety of roles that you might play, but you have a life, a life that is either glorifying God in all that you do or it's not. Don't get, don't get confused about that. We're either obeying God and doing what he asks us to do or you're not. Don't sit there and go, well, I think I am. No, you either are or you aren't. That's what we're trying to give you some clarity on here. We know that you can, you can look at your life and be very clear as to whether you're self-controlled or self-absorbed. Another program ending with ouch or amen. <laughs> Actually, it's that logical contradiction, right? Mm -hmm. God created everything, knows what's best. He even says, obey me. And I say, nope, I know better. And then I wonder why it hurts. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. Greatrelationships.com, grnumulatrelationships.com. We'll see you next time. Uh, how many of the family are coming over this time? Looks like we'll have a full house. Again. What are we having? Same as always. Turkey and stressing. Stressing? What causes the stress? Have you not been at the last few family get-togethers? Can't you tell it's always more stressful? The more family you add to the equation, the more stressful it gets. I'm a grown adult, and I feel like I've turned back the clock and I'm in grade school again when Mom arrives. <laughs> That's funny you should say that. I feel exactly the opposite, like I'm the only adult in a room full of kids. There must be a better way, a way where we all seek each other's best and enjoy our family time. By the way, when we have family gatherings, I'm worried that you could actually think you ever act like an adult. Don't be a turkey. Join Herman and Paul for their next show to learn how to take the stressing out of family relationships.